Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, growing trend or passing fad? In some cities, relocation incentives that have long been used to attract businesses have now shifted to workers. We'll take a closer look at what that's all about. Also coming up with summer officially arriving today, HGTV celebrity designer Chip Wade has what you need to create an outdoor living space you'll love living in. And former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich will join us to discuss his new book, March to the Majority, the real story of the Republican Revolution and the relevance of that revolution now a quarter century later. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. Today is not only the first day of summer, but also Go Skateboarding Day, the International Day of Yoga, National Selfie Day. Take a picture, take a selfie of yourself enjoying the first day of summer today. Uh, Atheist Solidarity Day. All right. Uh, World Music Day, World Handshake Day, and it is Peaches and Cream Day today. So, reasons to celebrate in addition to the first day of summer. So yesterday I mentioned this, and um, I uh, I just happened to see it on the newswire. I mentioned it uh, kind of out of hand, and uh, I went back and, and dug a little deeper into this. Wallet Hub is out with its uh, list of the most patriotic states, uh, ranking all 50 states in order of the most to least patriotic and uh, Virginia, as we mentioned, topped the list, uh, which makes sense because among the criteria, uh, among the metrics, uh, they looked at military service, the number of veterans per capita, civic engagement like volunteering and voting and things like that. And think about uh, Virginia, a uh, very military-centric state with uh, a number of military installations. Of course, the Pentagon is in Virginia. And so they've kind of got their thumb on the scale with respect to that and all of the metrics that they use uh, in ranking these states. So Virginia, number one, uh, Montana and Alaska came in second and third. Georgia, Alaska, and Texas boast the highest average number of military enlistees. And Alaska has the most veterans per capita, which I thought was kind of interesting. The most veterans per capita. Not most veterans overall, but most veterans per capita in Alaska, which I would not have guessed. But uh, those are the numbers. The least patriotic states. Uh, Arkansas was at the very bottom. We mentioned that yesterday. Very near the bottom, the bottom three, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, just above Arkansas in the bottom three spots. In case you're curious, Ohio ranks 31st, so uh, not particularly impressive for Ohio. And yet, we still come in five places higher than Michigan at number 36. So as long as we're more patriotic than Michigan, I think we're all okay with that. Oh, by the way, here is something that is uh, kind of interesting and something you might not expect. Blue states are slightly more patriotic than red states. It's uh, by, I mean, they have a point system, and it's uh, by tenths of a point. But blue states, slightly more patriotic than red states are, according to the way people voted in the 2020 presidential election. So I thought that was kind of interesting uh, as well. So uh, a bit of a follow-up there on the uh, story that we mentioned yesterday, because I promised that I would uh, do a little more research on that. Kind of interesting. So, among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, being that this is the first day of summer, we're going to talk more about this tomorrow. It is going to be a big year for the sun. Of course, everybody is already talking about what the Smithsonian is calling one of nature's grandest spectacles, the big total solar eclipse slated to sweep across North America Next April, it's not going to happen this summer, um, but it is now less than a year away. April 8th, 2024, uh, will pass right over the path of totality. We'll be right here over northwest Ohio, Hancock County, 
uh, is going to be uh, part of this and already is making plans for this not-to-be-missed phenomenon for sky watchers as the moon slides in front of the sun. Uh, the celestial event, they say, will outdo the solar eclipse that we had in 2017. You remember that. Uh, this will be about two minutes longer in regard to totality of the uh, eclipse. So this is a big deal. Uh, it says with uh, nearly 32, this is a, a report from CNN, uh, with nearly 32 million people living in the path of totality, it is likely to be one of the most watched celestial events in history, per the Smithsonian. Those who want to experience the eclipse but don't live in the path better start planning now. Now, we live in the path here in northwest Ohio in Hancock County. Uh, but this is what kind of caught my eye of this report. Those who want to experience the eclipse but don't live in the path better start planning now. Many hotels and Airbnbs along the path are already filling up for next April, and prices will likely rise as awareness of the eclipse increases. Uh, at stake, this will be the last chance to see an easy-access total solar eclipse over the contiguous United States until August of 2044. Solar eclipses are not necessarily rare events. Uh, they happen, I think, every year somewhere on the planet. But it is rather rare for them to appear in the United States, places that are easily accessible for viewing. So it won't be, would be the last one across the uh, continental U.S., until August of 2020, uh, 2044. So it's going to be a big deal. Expect big crowds all along the path of totality. By the way, speaking of uh, celestial things, um, things of outer space, a NASA spacecraft. Uh, this is a, a report. According to NASA, spacecraft spotted an eerie green light coming from Jupiter. Forget the Martians. It's the... What do we call uh, aliens from Jupiter? Jupiterians. <laughs> They're coming to get it. The light, though, is um, its not a real mystery. Uh, it is apparently the glow from a bolt of lightning near the North Pole of Jupiter. Um, on Earth, lightning bolts originate from water clouds. On Jupiter, the lightning bolts, they have lightning bolts, too. Uh, it occurs in clouds containing an ammonia water solution. So, anyway, that's what it is. That's what they say it is, anyway. Hmm. <laughs> Are you buying it? I don't know. I think they're just trying to... trying to keep it secret that they... they are out there. The truth is out there. With summer here, big season for amusement parks, of course... This is uh, kind of interesting. I saw this. Uh, I don't know where this report originally came from. Again, I saw it on the uh, Newswire. If you're visiting an amusement park this summer and you want to prevent motion sickness on those high-speed uh, thrill rides, roller coasters and such, watch what you eat to survive the, the ride without losing your lunch. Sarah Clark, who is a new, uh, nurse and nutritionist, Recommends avoiding heavy meals and hydrating. Eat dry cereal or oatmeal for breakfast instead of, you know, a big bacon, egg breakfast and that kind of thing. While you are at the park, stay away from fried foods, <laughs> which is kind of difficult because if you go to the amusement park, you know that that's pretty much all they serve is <laughs> fried foods. Then avoid fried foods. Uh, and keep some Dramamine or ginger chews on you if you don't like, uh, you know, if you want to go natural without the medication instead of Dramamine, uh, ginger chews. Protein-rich foods like hot dogs, turkey legs, or chicken kebabs are better than burgers or chicken fingers. She said bland carbs like pretzels and popcorn without butter can also help. Smaller, more frequent meals are better than sitting down to a big meal. 
so smaller portions, maybe split the portions with a friend, share a meal, something like that. So if you want to avoid uh, getting sick on the roller coasters. There you go. Uh, let's see. Speaking of uh, of health and medical uh, news, this is kind of interesting. Uh, are you on Ozempic to lose weight? This has become very popular. Um, Ozempic is not a weight loss drug per se. Uh, it's what diabetes, I think, is that uh, Ozempic. Anyway. Um, or is uh, Ozempic? I know that there are so many uh, medications that people are on now because of their weight loss effects that are not necessarily weight loss drugs. But Ozempic is, right? I don't know. I can't keep track of them. Anyway, uh, it's not really important to the story. It says here, some doctors have taken to social media to warn dieters about increased ER visits due to the side effects of Ozempic. The FDA is also alerting uh, consumers to a rise in counterfeit versions of the popular drug. Side effects that have patients visiting hospitals include diarrhea, bloating, and nausea, and the counterfeit versions could be even more dangerous. Uh, two ER trips and six days in the hospital. I'm lucky I didn't die, uh, writes Joy McClellan from Arizona. That's what she had to say about her experience with an imitation version of Ozempic. More than eight in ten people who take uh, semaglutide, which is the active ingredient in Ozempic, suffer from side effects, uh, according to a uh, 2021 study. So, just something to keep in mind. Uh, watch out for the uh, watch out for the fakes. Very important. And uh, one other item here among the first things you need to know to get your uh, Wednesday morning started, midweek Wednesday started. According to a recent survey by Duolingo of over 8,000 working professionals in multiple countries around the world, 58% of respondents believe that their colleagues overuse office jargon. You know those cliches, those idioms that people use in the office? Nearly half of those in the survey would be happy if these things just went away. Um... In the United States, the most popular, most common, not popular, the most common office jargon that people would like to see go away include the phrases, uh, run it up the flagpole, move the needle, get your ducks in a row, herding cats. Have you ever, (laughs) people, working around here is like herding cats. Working with you people is like herding cats. And uh, the number one most confusing office jargon term, boiling the ocean, which I confess I had never heard that before. I had to look that up. But boiling the ocean refers to uh, taking on such a large task that it is seemingly impossible. It is like boiling the ocean. There you go. Some of the uh, most overused and confusing terms that you will hear in the office according to this uh, survey by duolingo avoid those terms today there you go some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your wednesday morning started wfin news i'm matt demchek your wtol 11 weather partly sunny today with a high in the mid 80s partly cloudy tonight a low in the mid 60s Finley-Hancock County Economic Development says Lincoln Elementary will be repurposed through a partnership with Trivium Development out of Columbus. The partnership between Finley City Schools, Blanchard Valley Port Authority, and Trivium Development is really a powerful alliance that is committed to economic growth and the redevelopment of infill spaces. Dan Schaefer, director of Finley-Hancock County Economic Development, says Lincoln Elementary will be transformed into a vibrant mixed-use project incorporating office, retail, and residential spaces. Give more of our conversation with him about this project with this story on our website. That tornado that struck the Point Place neighborhood in North Toledo last week sent some medical records flying into the wind. More than 100 mile per hour winds ripped off the rooftop of the ProMedica lab on Souter Avenue at the point. That includes the offices of two doctors from the Toledo Clinic. The clinic says due to the damage, there are some patient records and health information scattered in the debris. I'm Jeff Smith. 
The city of Finley is updating residents on several road construction projects that are ongoing throughout the city this week. Among those projects, the westbound lane of State Route 568 will be closed from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. from Bright Road to County Road 236. And Beach Avenue will be closed through traffic from Lincoln Street to Hancock Street for curb replacement. You can see a full list of road construction projects ongoing in the city of Finley with this story on our website. The Black Swamp Area Council has a new lodge at Camp Berry, south of Finley. We just had the ribbon cutting for our new, brand new welcome center, camp office and training lodge, as well as our health center for Camp Berry. It's been a long time project coming to uh, to life with a partnership with the Mean family and many other community donors. Executive Director Mark Kogan says the lodge was designed with multi-purpose functionality in mind, and the meeting spaces are big enough to host volunteer and youth training, education, merit badge courses scouting-related meetings and receptions, as well as corporate meetings and family gatherings. See video of that ribbon-cutting ceremony with the story on our website. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Working to uh, get this uh, connection established with uh, Newt Gingrich for our uh, conversation. He's got a a new book out, the former Speaker of the House, called uh, March to the Majority, uh, the real story of the Republican Revolution. If you're old enough to remember, uh, Newt Gingrich was already a prominent figure in the Republican Party when he came up with the idea for the contract with America. You remember that? And in the 1994 midterm election, that relatively simple legislative agenda uh, helped sweep the GOP into power in Congress and change the paradigm of American politics. Uh, this is, I believe, and we'll ask the, uh, the speaker, this is the first time, and Newt Gingrich has written a number of best-selling books, uh, among them, in recent years, critiques of the last several administrations but I believe this is the first time that he has uh, written uh, specifically and extensively uh, about the contract with America that pretty much defines his legacy in Congress. It really is a, a fascinating book. And one of the things that I found to be most interesting uh, about this book is it is not strictly an essay uh, on the contract itself and why uh, it resonated so strongly with the American people and how it came to be and so on. There's certainly a lot about uh, about that in the book, but it also uh, gives much of the backstory, uh, explores the genesis of the shift in the Republican strategy, which led to the contract with America. In a nutshell, uh, he was uh, one of a handful of individuals who convinced party leaders at the time, uh, all the way back to the late 70s and and throughout the 80s, convincing the party not to focus solely on winning the presidency at the expense of conceding control of Congress to Democrats, which had kind of been the Republican strategy for uh, about a half a century. Um, Congress was uh, pretty much exclusively under uh, Democratic control. Uh, until that shift, and it has been uh, very different in politics uh, since then. Um, but uh, in any event, um, it is a really fascinating narrative, and we apologize. Uh, I apologize having trouble uh, getting the uh, speaker on the line uh, here. Um, so hopefully we'll uh, be able to uh, to talk with uh, Newt Gingrich here uh, in, in just moments. We've been having uh, a bit of a the speaker was running a little bit late in, in getting to his studio to join us uh, in, in our studio to get all of this uh, set up. So our apologies uh, for uh, for that. But uh, we got the uh, the speaker here now. All right. Uh, Mr. Speaker, are you there, sir? I am here. All How right. are you? Very good. Thanks very much for, uh, for taking the, the time. As we mentioned, uh, this book... Why? Why now? Why uh, this uh, examination, this essay on the contract with America now? Uh, well, I I felt that that March the majority 
was a book really a, a playbook for today using the lessons of history. Uh, we spent 16 years growing the majority and four years successfully negotiating with Bill Clinton. And I felt that the current Republicans uh, could literally use this as a playbook. Uh, it starts with my working with Reagan, lessons we learned from Ronald Reagan, and then how we applied them, and uh, the lessons we used to uh, have an election in 1994 with a contract with America, which picked up 54 seats and the first yeah. Republican majority in uh, 40 years. And then after negotiating with Bill Clinton, we convinced the country we were real. And in 1996, we won re-election and were the first re-elected House Republican majority since 1928. So I, I felt that there were a lot of principles we had learned that were real, that would work, and that it was uh, really... Uh, something that, that was worth uh, sharing with people today because it will help us solve problems in 23 and 24. That being said, things are very different now, in <clears throat> not just in Congress, but in Washington in general. There's even more division and more divisiveness uh, even than we saw uh, back 25 years ago. Uh, does what happened then really truly apply to what you see now? Oh, I think the principles of how you govern and principles of how you uh, work with the American people are, are permanent. I think uh, Lincoln, for example, said that with public sentiment, you can achieve anything. Without public sentiment, you can achieve nothing. I think that was true for Lincoln. It was true for uh, Reagan, and it's, it's true today. Um, and so I think there are principles you can apply. And frankly, it, it's, it's helpful as a historian to remind people as difficult as today is, uh, the late 1960s were worse. We had 2,500 bombings. We had the Black Panthers openly waging a campaign to assassinate police. We had a million people march on the Pentagon. Um, we had a very, very active uh, hard-left movement that was uh, robbing Brinks trucks and robbing banks. Uh, you know, there was, there was a real divisiveness uh, that gradually faded after 1968. But there was a peak period there where the country looked like it was falling apart. Uh, we had uh, riots and burning, I think, in 160 cities in one summer. Yeah. Uh, much worse than we had in 2020. But do so, we... you know, it's, it's not that we haven't been here before. Yeah, it's a valid point. But do we have the right people in the right roles uh, to do that now? I mean, I'm thinking, and you talk no. about this some in the book, when Kevin McCarthy rolled out his commitment to America ahead of last year's midterms, it was seen as a pretty obvious attempt to sort of recapture some of that magic uh, of the contract with America that resonated so strongly with voters in 94, but obviously uh, didn't work as well. Well, I think, and, and Kevin and I have talked about this, I, I think he had the right direction, he had the right instinct, uh, he had a different challenge than I did. When, when we rolled out the contract with America, remember, no Republican had served in a majority in 40 years. Yeah. So you could have a very free hand. He had a group of people who'd been in the majority. They'd been chairman. Uh, and <clears throat> he actually, I thought, very cleverly got them to write the commitment, which, which turned out to have about 150 planks, which is, you know, what he should have done. And I, I, I told him this in retrospect, but not at the time, is he should have picked the 10 most popular mm -hmm. and pulled them up and, and highlighted them. Yeah. And then the other great advantage we had was that Haley Barber, as the Republican National Committee chairman, uh, sent... Uh, spent a lot of money on four pages in TV Guide. Tells you how much the world has changed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. TV Guide at that time. Yeah. Now, at that time, it was the most popular magazine in America. 92 million households mm -hmm. got that, and it had our four-page ad in it in early September. So yeah. the contract was driven yeah. home. Kevin would have had to spend 10 to $15 million yeah. on TV different. advertising to yeah. come anywhere close to what we achieved very uh, and, and at the time, it, 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 you know, I think they probably thought that wasn't a wise expenditure. Yeah. And he didn't have a, you know, he, we, we didn't spend it. The Republican National Committee did. Yeah. Uh, and it, we, but it made a huge difference. We've got a, a link up for uh, more information about the book uh, at our webpage. Uh, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, with us this morning. Thanks very much for taking some time. We appreciate it. Right. Glad to do it. And again, our apologies. We had uh, a number of other uh, points that we wanted to get to uh, with Mr. Gingrich uh, about his book, um, but 
a bit of a comedy of errors in, in connecting with the uh, former speaker on the line this morning. I do, though, highly recommend uh, the book, especially if you are interested in uh, the history of political discourse uh, in this country. It really is fascinating. March to the Majority is the title. We've got a link up at our webpage, goodmornings.net. You know, one of the other things uh, it, it should be pointed out that many historians also point to that era of Newt Gingrich's tenure in Congress as the turning point, the cornerstone of modern-day attack politics, which certainly, as we alluded to, has become even more divisive and and led to even more division in politics today. Uh, and it's gone to even further extremes. So that also is part of the legacy. But nonetheless, uh, it is a, a fascinating uh, narrative. And again, go to goodmornings.net to learn more about the book. And we do thank uh, Speaker Newt Gingrich for uh, joining us on the program this morning. Well, you may recall last week we were talking about how a growing number of cities are paying people to move there. Uh, Noblesville, Indiana was the example in the story that we referenced. It was from a Business Insider piece where they are offering $5,000 cash and a host of other perks to remote workers looking to relocate from other states. And there is a whole website set up which acts as kind of a clearinghouse for people looking to relocate to find where the best incentives are. Joining us now is Findlay Hancock County Economic Development Director Dan Schaefer. Dan, what do you make of this idea? I I don't know if I would necessarily call it a trend, but it does seem like it is becoming more than just a novelty. Good morning, Chris. It's good to be with you again. Yeah, it's a very creative approach to workforce, uh, and it's something that uh, my office, Findlay Hancock County Economic Development, uh, looked at, evaluated, if you will, during and right after COVID. Hmm. Um, and so there are other communities around the country that have uh, been doing this or attempting to do this with um, varying results, I would say. Um, the, the condition of Finley Hancock County, uh, our location in the Midwest, um, I've said it before, I'll say it again, Finley is a, a job hub. Um, we don't have any shortage of workers coming into town, employees, associates uh, daily. Uh, Monday through Friday to work. In fact, it's about a 25, 26,000 individuals daily that come in. Uh, and very simple reason, good jobs, good paying jobs, uh, and they continue to attract themselves here. So uh, while it's a creative approach to workforce uh, and incentivizing workers, especially if they're remote, to come actually live somewhere, yeah, um, it's something that we looked at and decided, uh, you know, do we want to put our efforts there? And we decided probably not. On on the one hand, uh, certainly the concept is not new. I mean, every community offers incentives to companies to attract economic development. It's sort of the application of that uh, concept that is unique in this case. And and here's what I wonder, though, if enough other communities start doing this, does that kind of force your hand? Well, it's it's a valid question, but then you start to look at the culture and the demographics of the workforce itself that Many are living in communities for a reason. They have family there. They have extended family and relationships and where they are. And so that that becomes a very large um, decision point for some uh, if they're going to make that move. So uh, that is an uh, anecdotal on my part, but that would be an assumption, too. Yeah. Uh, what, what caught my eye in this particular story is that in, in this case, again, Noblesville, uh, I mean, this is not some small rural town that is desperately looking for a way to survive. I mean, Noblesville's right outside of Indianapolis. It's a city of about 70,000 people. You would think that, like Findlay, it would already be a pretty attractive place for people to move. You wouldn't have to incentivize or pay people to move there very good well one of the best ways to grow your local economy is to have more people living there uh and and that's a nice segue into our number one workforce initiative which is housing 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 um chris we cannot build it fast enough we identified this problem or challenge i should say uh quite a few years ago uh knowing that we were growing our our workforce but some of those you know the twenty-five thousand people are not necessarily living here so um we did a housing study in 2015. We uh, refreshed that study several times over the last couple of years and shared that with developers uh, inside Finley, Hancock County and outside. And we finally hit the radar. Um, we have about 15 very decent sized projects going on around the community from multifamily, single family, 
um, affordable, if you want to call it that, um, uh, senior living, uh, 55 and over. We just can't build them fast enough. And interestingly enough, when the shovel goes in the ground, you're finding mortgages are being taken out and leases being pre-signed. So um, I think we're getting there. We just want more of our um, incoming uh, workers that commute every day to start living here. And we're seeing more and more of that. And so that's our number one workforce strategy is to, is to develop that housing. Uh, and that's how you really smartly grow uh, a local economy. And as you uh, were mentioning, right now, certainly uh, Findlay and Hancock County have a lot going for it already in terms of selling ourselves to people who are looking for opportunities, uh, both in terms of quality of life. And we've talked about that in the past. And certainly everywhere you look, there are places uh, being built, preliminary work on the uh, I-75 County Road 99 interchange is uh, now starting. This is going to be a busy summer. I mean, when we get into the subject of economic development here. Well, you, you refer to, uh, especially during the summertime construction, which our, our mayor lovingly refers to as progress progress cones, not, not orange cones. <laughs> uh, we're into that season, absolutely. Um, but yes, you're absolutely right. It's, it's in terms of um, offering a quality of life that I think we are uh, ever improving on here as a community. You look at our downtown, uh, we, meaning our office, is very intentional about downtown in terms of safety and aesthetics. Uh, and it's one of the very first things that companies looking to move to Finley look at because it reflects the uh, the health of your community. So all the things you mentioned, and yeah, in the industrial sector, on the northeast side of town, a lot of activity uh, in the automobility sector, in the food production sector, uh, some companies that we're early on talking to that, that would like to be potentially uh, in the area, although we're competing with other other states and other sites for those companies at the same time. So it's a hard it's hard work. Um, it's a long game, uh, and you lose the game almost every time. But you suit up every time because every three or four years you end up with a McLean or an Amazon or a Campbell Soup or a ZF. So you you play the game and you play to win, uh, but it's a long game. And no signs of slowing down. You mentioned the mayor the last time we spoke with the mayor. She hinted at what could possibly be even more good news in the coming weeks on the economic development front. Well, if you're referring to that project called Hat Trick, yeah. Um, it's, it's a project, uh, again, back to a long game that we've been working on for, for quite some time. And we hope to have some resolution on that here over the next few weeks with city council. Uh, I think it's our, ours to lose at this point. Uh, but a very well-known family company, family-owned, privately-owned, second generation, be about $145 million of capital investment, $42 million of the annual payroll, and about 700 new jobs. So we need to build more houses for those guys, too. Sure. Um, so it would be a nice win for the community uh, be in the food production uh, space. So it will help us diversify our economy, even in the industrial side. And, you know, you're mentioning uh, housing as one of the uh, key areas that we need to make sure that we uh, kind of keep up with in order to maintain uh, our growth, the uh, development that we are seeing now that we want to see in the future. I know the other thing uh, is uh, making sure that we have uh, an influx of workers to support uh, the uh, that growth as well in terms of uh, training and uh, skills and, and so on. Again, I guess you could go back to what we were talking about earlier. There, one way of doing that would be to try and incentivize people uh, with those skills to move here. Uh, and then the other uh, way, and again, we've talked about this in the past, is growing the workforce that we already have here. That's a very fair statement. And uh, to that to that end, uh, I sit on the Raise the Bar uh, Board of Advisors workforce. Uh, and work with uh, the Center for Advanced Manufacturing and Logistics out of Bowling Green, which mm-hmm. is a partnership with Bowling Green, uh, Owens Community College, and University of Finley to do just that, to educate the current workforce, to credential them, uh, the, the skills that they need uh, as we move more and more. Uh, I, I hate using the word factory because we're no longer a factory town. We have advanced manufacturing. We have advanced distribution. Um, and it's important that you have students that are coming out of schools that understand they're going into high-tech advanced manufacturing jobs, not your not your old factory floor that your grandpa might have worked on. Right. And so I try to carry that message out to the schools a lot. Stop using the, the, uh, the factory word and start using advanced manufacturing and advanced logistics because really with automation uh, and artificial intelligence, that's the world we're living in, uh, that those employees are no longer working on the factory floor. If I can use that word for the last time, 
with a tool belt or using a laptop. So working with Owens, working with Bowling Green State University, University of Finley, and other educational partners, you're doing just that, growing it up locally. Interesting uh, to see how all of these pieces fit together. Again, this idea of incentivizing people to move into an area, an issue that uh, obviously has been on the radar of uh, local officials, not necessarily something we want to put on the table right now, but uh, interesting how it all comes together in this larger uh, question of economic development and how every community looks at that strategy a little bit differently. Obviously, the way we've been doing it is working well for us, Finley Hancock County Economic Development Director Dan Schaefer with us this morning. Dan, thanks very much for taking the time, sharing your insight. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Good to be with you. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. So this is a story that is all kinds of uh, bizarre. It comes from a, uh, a user uh, online. It goes by the handle Mart, uh, Mart Wrestler. Uh, it's a woman from uh, South Georgia who... Um, not uh, three years ago, uh, bought some chairs, uh, off of, uh, Facebook marketplace. Okay. You've been on Facebook marketplace, right? We all have. And, uh, she found, uh, some, some really cute chairs. Um, in hindsight, she thought it was kind of weird that the seller deleted his page immediately following the transaction. Um, come to find out, she now believes that the set of four cute little chairs that she purchased was likely stolen from a McDonald's restaurant in South Georgia. (laughs) She shared her awkward and hilarious discovery last week on TikTok. She said, I thought they were cute and I always wondered where they came from. (laughs) Uh, She paid a hundred dollars from the, uh, for, for the set, which she called a steal. And as it turns out, maybe it was a steal quite literally. Uh, fast forward, and this was three years ago, fast forward to last week during a trip, uh, she saw the identical chairs stacked across the dining room at a local McDonald's restaurant. They look exactly like hers. Uh, so, so she now believes that uh, she's got some contraband chairs from McDonald's. I, I don't know that she's going to get in trouble for this. I mean, it's been three years. Um... And they'll probably never track down, be able to track down the thief uh, or anything like that. Not going to have to pay restitution or anything. The biggest question that I have is, what does that say about her taste in chairs? (laughs) This whole thing has gone viral uh, online. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news this morning. (laughs) A California restaurant has been ordered to pay $140,000 to dozens of employees after reportedly hiring a fake priest to take worker confessions. <laughs> what? what? Uh, at the end of uh, 2021, the co-owner of Tequeria Garibaldi, Eduardo Hernandez, introduced uh, an individual he said was a priest uh, who said he would hear, hear confessions to help workers' mental health. However, the priest ended up asking some very strange questions. For example, one uh, employee said he asked if I had stolen anything at work, if I was uh, ever late to show up for my job, if I did anything to harm my employer, and if I had any bad intentions toward my employment or my employer. (laughs) Very strange questions for a priest. Um, After uh, reporting the incident to authorities, the Department of Labor uh, re, uh, investigated and found that the priest, so-called priest, was not a priest at all and uh, called the intimidation scheme shameless. <laughs> where, where did this guy get the idea? Hire a priest to hear your confessions. <laughs> uh, chalk that up to the category of sounded like a good idea at the time, I guess. <clears throat> couple of other items from the broken news this morning. Kind of a light day for the uh, broken news. Um, not a whole lot here, but uh, in uh, Barton County, uh, is this Oregon? I believe it's Oregon. Uh, I'll have to look this up and make sure. Anyway, Barton County, uh, someone tried to 
attempt or someone attempted to strug, uh, smuggle drugs into the local jail by cleverly sewing it into their underwear. According to news reports, Sheriff Brian Belendier revealed the intriguing details on this plan. It involved recruiting a an inmate who had work privileges to smuggle the drugs in and pass them to others. The plot unraveled when detectives and jail staff discovered the hidden stash upon the inmate's check-in. A 47-year-old man now faces charges of drug possession with intent to distribute and contraband trafficking. Uh, Additionally, a 36-year-old accomplice uh, already in jail for probation violations was implicated in the scheme. So, (laughs) he's in trouble as well. More arrests may follow, authorities say, as the investigations proceed. Again, you file that under the category of seemed like a good idea at the time. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, and uh, this is more on the uh, lighter side. I love this uh, story. A team of high schoolers from Connecticut have uh, pulled off a wild feat by securing the Guinness World Record. They believe they've secured the Guinness. They've submitted it to the uh, Guinness people for official recognition. They believe they have secured the Guinness World Record for the longest distance danced in a conga line. (laughs) Led by Junior Omar Galal, the Conga for All event took place at Greenwich High School uh, as uh, the... uh, Students, the whole idea took the students, uh, student body by storm as they embarked on a conga line extravaganza. Um, young Mr. Galal and his crew grooved their way through a mind-boggling 64 laps around the school's track. Um, the previous record of 15 and a half miles set by a troop in the Netherlands has met its match because this clocked in with 64 laps, clocks in at nearly 16 miles. Um... So they, and they not only secured a spot in the record books, but they also brought in more than $8,500 to benefit the Riverhouse Adult Day Center. Isn't that awesome? 16 miles in the conga line around the track of the school. That must have been quite a sight, but kudos to those kids. That is uh, pretty cool stuff there. There you go. Some of the... Odd and unusual side of the news. Today's broken news report there. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. When you're behind the wheel, it's okay to rock out to your music. But it's not okay to interact with your phone screen and electronic devices while driving. In most cases, anything more than a single touch or swipe is against the law. That means no texting, no typing, no scrolling, no shopping, no browsing. If an officer sees a violation, they can pull you over. So remember, Ohio, phones down. It's the law. Time for your daily download. The numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. It appears that your neighborhood sports bar may be an endangered species. And once again, it's young people that are to blame. According to a survey of 600 sports fans... Only 4% of those ages 18 to 26 would watch sports in a bar. Only 4% watch sports in a bar. <laughs> those Gen Zers, uh, instead, they would rather watch live sports on their phones. That's because they are not watching whole games anymore. Uh, they have a, a much shorter in, uh, attention span. They want shorter uh, snappier content that they can watch on the go. Um, this is kind of, uh, kind of interesting. Uh, 23% of uh, those in that age group say that they would prefer to watch highlights instead of an entire game. It may be because the, their passion for sports is just not as strong as previous generations. Just 58% of Gen Zers say they enjoy watching live sports, uh, sporting events, Uh, At all. It is a drastic shift from what we've seen uh, in the past. And 74% of those in that age range will watch those highlights on social media. So they're not watching in a bar. They're not watching at home. They're 
watching on their phones on social media, just catching the highlights. Well, summer is officially here, or it will be at 10.57 this morning, the exact time of the summer solstice. And joining us this morning with what you need to create a beautiful space that you will love living in is HGTV celebrity designer Chip Wade. Chip, where do we start now that summer is here? Well, Chris, I like to start with a little bit of entertainment and uh, low maintenance at the same time, where something's saving us time. And let's start poolside. I have found a cordless robotic pool cleaner. Now, we've seen, you know, the little interior vacuums that, you know, go around on their own, and they're amazing. But now they have them for the pool. The Aper Seagull Pro is really unbelievable. It has this navigation technology that just systematically cleans your pool so there's no spots that are missed. Uh, it's got a quad motor system that's powerful enough not only suck up all the dirt and the debris, but it can even climb and clean the walls of the pool, which is oh, wow. really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. When it gets done, it parts itself right by the edge. So you can just snag it, take it up and recharge it just like your smartphone. Uh, and you can then you know easily empty the nylon tray to clean out the debris whenever. Um, but very, very simple to use. Boy, I tell you what, um, uh, ask anyone, up, ask yeah, anyone yeah. with a pool and that is one chore that they absolutely hate. Uh, oh. So yeah, making yeah, that easier. Changing. Yeah, no kidding. What else have we got here? All right, next up, uh, making sure all of our exterior surfaces not only just stay looking good, but that stay protected. Uh, this is a great DIY project is resealing some of these exterior surfaces with some Thompson's waterproof or water seal product. Basically, they have all kinds of stuff for all different various exterior surfaces from wood and concrete to your brick and pavers as well. Now, they've got products that include wood sealers, multi-surface waterproof, or even masonry protection. Um, what's great about this is they offer different opacities, like uh, semi-transparent sealers. So you can still see the wood grain through it. That's really nice. Sometimes when you're doing, you know, outdoor furniture or some of your wood trim work, but they also have full color options if you want to completely cover it with a solid color. Uh, again, awesome for fences and decks even your patios. Yeah. Uh, again, and that brings up a good point. So often, you know, all of these exterior surfaces need to be protected. So often we think about like our wood decks or our wood fencing and forget about everything else. And they all really need uh, that protecting from the elements. That's right. The sun does a number on it. So keeping them protected is going to help them look and last so much longer. Okay. What else do we have here? Well, I am a big fan of having as much fun or fan of having fun in the summer uh, as well. My kids uh, and I really love to play uh, kind of battle out in the yard and even inside. Uh, we have found <laughs> something called Gel Blaster. This is the nation's fastest growing toy company. So if you haven't heard of it, I guarantee you, you will. Uh, they recently introduced a new product called the Portal. Uh, it's a smart target system that brings together physical activity as well as an app-given gameplay. So parents like it and kids like it because it allows the kids to, you know, track their progress with the online leaderboards, but also connect multiple portals for a competition gameplay, which is awesome. Now, the, the, the really the best of all, there are these eco-friendly gelets that the, the gel blaster shoots out. They completely evaporate and dissolve with no mess, uh, which is amazing. So there's no pain to you know the players but also there's no pain in your wallet uh because these things are very inexpensive to to get you can get ten thousand rounds for just five dollars oh wow so the kids can play all day and again shoot stuff inside or outside it completely evaporates and disintegrates so there's no mess uh to clean up and you can get those at walmart and target Lowe's and even Bass Pro. Yeah, some great um, outdoor. Up, some great yeah. outdoor. No, some great outdoor fun. And again, we talk about getting the kids, keeping them active uh, instead of just sitting on the couch in front of the TV. Uh, this is a great way to keep the entire family active. I love it. And, and it's fun for grownups, honestly. Yeah. I mean, because that, that's a big thing I think for moms and dads. It's like, yeah, the kids want to play, but like you know, I have to focus on just playing with the kids rather than having a good time yourself. So sure, it's, it's really fun. I, I'd be lying if I said. Me and some of my grown friends uh, haven't had some battles with these as well. It's pretty fun. Yeah, even if you don't have kids. Uh, sure, why not? Exactly. Uh, and All then, right, next up, yeah, we've got, I've got a blanket that actually helps keep you cool, which seems a little counterintuitive, but this is from BedSure. This is a double-sided cooling blanket 
that has something called arc chill fibers in it. What it does is it absorbs your body heat and instantly reduces your skin temperature. This is like the perfect blanket for the summer, especially if you're like a, a, a hot sleeper or if you just, uh, you know, want to stay a little cooler outside. This is going to help you. Now, they Bedsure also makes stuff for pets. They have the elevated cooling dog bed, uh, which is awesome. I got a, a new puppy for my kids this year, and the dog loves this, uh, this uh, dog bed. It stays eight inches up off the ground, so it keeps them cleaner as well, which I like. Um, but it's easy to clean, breathable, and available on Amazon. Okay. Um, lastly, if you're into, you know, keeping the yard, you know, clean, but doing it faster, I'm always looking for the most powerful and easy to use outdoor power equipment. And Husqvarna actually has a brand new series out called the Max Battery Series. What's great about this uh, is they're super powerful, but they're also, uh, I like their, their interface and the way that the buttons are. Um, they're really uh, ergonomic to hold. Now, the Leaf Blaster is a handheld leaf blower. It's the industry's most powerful handheld blower, and that's even including all the ones that are gas-powered, which is amazing. Now, this is battery-powered and still more powerful than even the most powerful gas-powered handheld blower. So this thing is legit. Uh, it really is going to get the job done. Uh, and we, they also have a new uh, weed eater string trimmer out that has a dual-direction cutting that's new. Mm. Uh, so basically, it just allows you to work much faster and more comfortably. Yeah. Now, this Max Battery Series, five different tools, all available right now at Lowe's, and uh, they're on sale through July 12th. So certainly something worth a look. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially for those like me who hate the uh, winterization of uh, all of those power tools and then getting them ready in the uh, in the in when the warm weather hits again and uh, all of that low maintenance, make quick work of it. It's perfect. Uh, here we go. Uh, again, uh, HGTV celebrity designer Chip Wade with what you need for summer. Where do we get more information, Chip? I've got all this up on my blog. If you go to wadeworkcreative.com, i got a link right at the top that takes you right to all these products. Chip Wade, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Chris, always great talking to you. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the show, summer means fun in the sun, and it will be a pretty big year for the star at the center of our solar system. We'll explore the science of heliophysics. How's that for a 50-cent word? So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.